Welcome to Focused on Franchising, a podcast series written for anyone who has a hankering to one day be their own boss. We are Right at Home UK, a franchise network of more than 60 businesses whose care and companionship services help people live independently in their own homes. And we want to spread the word that franchising offers a fantastic way to reduce the risks of starting your own business. We support our franchise owners to build successful, profitable businesses. And we want to use this series to bust some of the myths around franchising. So, sit back, relax and listen to how franchising can be used to turn your dreams into a reality. Hello everybody and welcome back to Focused on Franchising. So far in this series, we've we've started off by looking at what franchising is and how it works and how you can find the right franchise for you, if indeed there is a right franchise for you, whether or not you're actually suited to franchising. In this episode, we're going to talk about how you might fund your new business and how much capital that might involve and what you might need to plan for. Um, so if you're thinking of investing in a franchise, then obviously one of the first questions you'll need to address is what will it cost and more importantly is it affordable to you one thing to note is that of course the particulars will vary massively from one franchise to another so what we're aiming to do is to highlight the kind of questions that you should be asking the kind of information that you should be gathering as you research your options so without further ado i'd first of all like to introduce rob orm from hitachi capital franchise finance welcome rob Hi, Kate. Thank you very much for inviting me. Very pleased to be here. I'm really pleased that you could join us. Thank you. So Hitachi Capital Franchise Finance is is a long-standing partner of Right at Home, and I know that you work with a lot of brands that are members of the British Franchise Association. Can you just give us a quick overview of the types of services that you deliver? Yeah, absolutely. Spot on there, Kate. So we've uh, been part of the British Franchise Association for many years now and have strong working relationships with more than 100 different franchise brands right throughout the UK. Um, our services start right at the outset uh, when a prospective franchisee is researching the options that are available to them and um, running right through until ultimately a resale may, may be sought. Uh, so first step is to work with the prospective franchisee to understand whether or not a franchise uh, is a viable option for them. What's the total investment? What do they have to contribute? Uh, asking them all those difficult questions right at the outset to, to really work out if the franchise venture is going to be viable. Uh, we work closely to put together a really robust business plan. Uh, and then arrange the funding either through one of our panel lenders and we also lend uh, ourselves as well so loan and asset finance by Tash capital um, and the final element of what we do is a business training academy so we help franchisees franchisors uh, upskill themselves with training around business um, skills and also their financial understanding so giving a real good understanding of business finance and accounts as well Excellent. Well, I know I know it's uh, the services are really hugely appreciated by both the franchisees when they're in their business and also the prospective franchisees because, well, nobody wants to waste time investigating a business opportunity that isn't going to turn out to be financially possible for them. So thanks for joining us again and sharing your expertise. Um, I think it might be sensible for us to start off just by recapping the various elements of investment that you need to have in place before you can buy a franchise. 
so the first of these is the initial franchise fee, which we've touched on briefly in earlier episodes. But just uh, to, to summarize again, this is the fee that you pay to purchase the right to trade under the franchise brand name under the terms of your franchise agreement. Um, and it usually includes some deliverables such as a business computer, email addresses, marketing materials to support your startup. Uh, and as well, it obviously gives you access to the franchisor's systems and their intellectual property and training and support. So all franchises have an initial fee and it's usually paid up front as you sign your contract and before you attend the franchisor's initial training. Is, is that largely right in your experience, Rob? Yes, absolutely, Kate. I would echo what you've just said as well. Real. And um, and then the next thing to consider when you're you're planning the amount of money that you're going to need to put in is working capital. So this essentially is spare cash that's kept in the business bank account to pay wages and bills. Um, and obviously, I think all businesses need an element of working capital, whatever stage they're at, don't they? But particularly so in the early days when the revenue coming into the business will most likely be less than the, the cash that you're paying out. For expenses so they they're relying on their working capital to run the business to pay their teams to pay the utility bills and so on before they start making a profit um and again i guess this varies considerably doesn't it from from franchise model to franchise model yeah absolutely so, so like you say there are some some brands that will become cash positive very very quickly start generating cash uh, very fast indeed, whereas there are other other models where it takes a while, as you say, to uh, sometimes months and months to build up that, that cash flow. And so it's a really important figure to make sure you get right, as cash really is the life lifeblood of the business. So it's important to do your due diligence, put together your financial projections. You know, don't don't be too optimistic. It's better to plan for a worst case scenario, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. It's best to plan for worst case. Uh, that way, if, if the worst is to happen, you're covered. Whereas if you're planning for a best case scenario of being overly optimistic and perhaps things don't quite go to plan, uh, that can leave you again in a bit of a sticky situation. So it's far better to take that conservative, uh, realistic approach. Uh, which should stand you in good stead going forward. So I remember Ken saying really early on uh, in my days at Right at Home here that the best advice you can give uh, franchisees is, is always to, to, to be conservative because it's, it's stressful enough starting up a business without worrying about whether you're running out of money. That should, uh, should always be taken care of early on. Um, but how does a prospective franchisee know that they're in the right ballpark with this? Obviously, you get your initial information from the franchisor. Um, and then I guess it's a question of going and talking to trading franchisees to validate that and make sure that they, uh, you know, that, that the information that you've been given is realistic and it ties in with their experience. For sure, absolutely. And it's really, really important that, that the, the franchisee uh, is able to, to speak to more than just one party, there's lots of um, stakeholders, people involved in, in that decision, in that process. So have, have as many conversations as you need to, to feel comfortable and to be as well informed as you possibly can be. 
Brilliant. Thanks, Rob. Um, and then the other um, element of the finance that we probably need, we need to uh, address when planning is the owner's drawer as well, because um, obviously not all businesses, as we said, are going to be uh, profitable in their first uh, few months or even, you know, in their first, first 12 to 18 months, some of them. So you've got to have to be able to make sure that you can afford to live throughout that time. Um, your um, The owner's drawer refers to the money that um, the owner takes out of the business um, and although we talk about tightening belts and you know making sacrifices in the early years of the business again you really do need to be very realistic to make sure that you can cover your living expenses so that you're not giving yourself that extra stress don't you so I take it most franchisors I know right at home certainly does but will build in this element of owner's draw into a financial model that they share with the applicant Absolutely, that's a really, really important element and a very good point that you that you make, Kate. Uh, owners' drawings is obviously going to need to be taken into account when you think about what's the, the working capital figure, uh, what's the total startup costs, and what we will do with our clients is take them through a process where they're putting down all of the incomes and all of the outflows of the, the household. Uh, so there might be a partner who perhaps is taking home a salary, perhaps rental incomes from an investment property, uh, list out all of the outgoings and work out what is the absolute minimum that you need to live off through drawing from the business um, and what sort of the ideal looks like for you and work that into the business plan, into the financial projections to ensure that's viable. As that rightly said, that's a really essential element of the, the business planning uh, process um, and is really really an important number to to get right so so yeah one one point i should make here that uh, we advise people on when they are planning how to um uh, how much they'll need for their overall investment and how much they're going to take out for their owner's draw is to remember that when you are looking at setting up a business um you need to if, if you're going down the route of maximum borrowing um from any lender you're going to need to put in generally speaking at least 30 percent of the overall finance yourself um and that again that's one of the major benefits of franchising is that 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 is brought down to 30 percent isn't it where i think in a, you know if you're going as to start up an independent business uh, you'd be looking at it a lot more than that but the lenders tend to be more comfortable lending to franchises because there's a proven model there so um say for example that we had a total investment of a hundred thousand pounds and the franchisee needed to put in thirty thousand of that themselves uh, we always advise them that they as an individual are loaning that money into their limited company um, and as a director's loan and that money is therefore sitting in the limited company and that can be taken back out by the owner in installments tax has already been paid on it so they can take that out tax-free as the business is moving towards profitability so that's something to uh, to note with reference to the tax when you're planning your owner's draw yeah, absolutely. You raise, raise a really good point. When when franchises sort of start out, they're quite new to to, to lenders. There's no real established uh, relationship there. You typically will be looking, as you say, at sort of the 50-50 uh, loan-to-value split. But the, the likes of Right at Home, who have got a very credible business model, business proposition, have got a fantastic track record with lenders. You're able to, to stretch what is achievable. Uh, lenders love franchising. For, for a number of reasons, I'm, I'm sure Ken will, will, will elaborate on those and have elaborated on those. Um, and it's really, really important 
to to kind of look at the the risk of a, of the business and with those proven profitable trading units uh, the lenders are able to take comfort from that um, and able therefore to to lend more more freely more willingly uh, at, a, at a, a larger amount as well yeah okay it's a really really strong uh, um benefit of franchising i think isn't it it's uh, uh as you say particularly with with an established network but something as you say to bear in mind if it's a very new franchise that you're joining and they haven't got that history behind them then that's uh, not something you'll be able to rely on so a question to ask of the franchise or in the early days is typically how much um of, of, uh, um investment from the banks uh, can can they expect to uh, to receive yeah definitely very good question to ask right at the outset that will give you a good uh, good barometer good measure of, of how established the franchise is and the view that the banks and lenders have of that of that business which goes a goes a long way i'm sure in your decision making process who are looking at a right at home franchise uh, that they talk it through very openly with their family members anybody else in the household anyone who's going to be affected by them having to potentially make some you know financial sacrifices in the early years of the business because having that support around you and knowing that everybody's on board with that is is really important as well yes absolutely i couldn't, couldn't agree more with you there kate it's really important that uh, family are fully on board and supportive uh, not only from sort of a financial perspective, but also making sure that you've got that support through uh, what can be a challenging period of time, establishing a business, getting it uh, up and running positively from, from the off. Uh, you, need, you need that support network in place to help you through um, and absolutely a very, very important conversation to have right at the outset is the, the financial uh, element. And really essential that <laughs> they're on board with what you're doing. Yes, absolutely essential. We need need to be on the same hint sheet there, but very much so. Yeah. Okay. So, Rob, can you take us through um, some of the different pros and cons of the different options for financing? Um, I mean, if you're in a position to self-fund completely once you've worked out your total investment, is that automatically the route that you should go down, or, or what are the other considerations in this? Yes, yeah, so it's a really interesting question and one that we're asked quite a lot because very often franchisees or other prospective franchisees will be sat there thinking, I've got enough cash or just enough cash. Um, why would I want to why would I want to borrow when I can fund this myself? Um, my sort of trail of thought really around that is if you're fortunate enough to have very significant cash reserves, um, I can see how not borrowing would be attractive. You might be sat there thinking, uh, I'm not going to encounter uh, bank, bank and admin administration fees, the arrangement fees, uh, interest payments, charges for setting up the, the loan facility. Um, and very often there is this perception around banking uh, decisions being quite, uh, you know, there's quite a lot of hassle around making those applications. The decisions take time. Um, you risk leaving yourself with no sort of safety net or, or slush fund if you like. Um, you, you know, investing your life savings, um, leaving little or no scope for the business performance. Um, so this could be a challenge should you run into, uh, into trouble. Uh, it's far better right at the outset to approach a lender for, for some of the funding. You may be in a strong position that you're perhaps not looking to take the maximum amount of the lend, but an element, a smaller percentage, perhaps 50-50 rather than uh, putting in 30% yourself and, and raising the, the additional 70. 
Um, this, this may be something that you choose to con consider. Um, it can be challenging when you've run into that, that issue uh, on the back foot to approach a lender. Far better when things are sort of looking rosy, uh, your plan is realistic, uh, but shows a lender a strong proposition. It's far easier at that point to, to be successful in arranging the funding that you need. Uh, yeah. And additional, additionally, it's worth thinking about where else could I be investing that cash? Not necessarily now, but further down the line, be that a personal uh, investment or perhaps even if you're looking further down the line, things are going exceptionally well. Uh, you may be looking to, to grow and, and move into additional territories, perhaps. And it's important that you've got additional cash available to you to, to make that transformation and, and scale up. Yeah, the business. Yeah. Absolutely. You never know what life holds, do you, and what you might actually need your own money for if, uh, um, you know, if, if uh, depending on the uh, circumstances uh, that, that, uh, that, that arise. <laughs> Okay, so that's some really, really good points there around self-funding. Um, we will be speaking to um, a, uh, a good colleague of ours from uh, from one of the high street banks shortly as well. A little bit more detail about um, bank loans, some of the, uh, the the pros and cons of going through that loan process. So, if it's all right, Rob, in that case, we'll move on to also just looking at alternative lenders as well um so what are the pros and cons of looking away from the high street banks yeah absolutely i, I throw into that into that mix also the word specialist so alternative or specialist lenders such as a mm -hmm. capital uh, the likes of funding circle there are other options available to you in addition to the bank um no two people are the same no, no two applicants are the same um, and not everyone is going to fit within the credit criteria of one of the high street banks. Um, and when we're having conversations with franchisees, we kind of find out what the key characteristics of them as an applicant are and what their key drivers are. Uh, and it might be that the scope of their, their application does fit outside a high street bank. It might not be purely a, a rate sensitive decision. It might come down to elements such as uh, not putting security up. Uh, so through Tasha Capital, there would be no need to put uh, a charge over a property, for example. The speed at which decisions can be made varies enormously between lenders. Um, but typically from a, a specialist or an alternative lender, you're likely to be able to receive an answer within hours. Whereas through the high street banks, because they have to consider more elements such as securities, uh, it can take a little bit longer. And an additional comment I would just like to add, uh, through the high street banks, especially sensitive to, and rightly and understandably so, to sort of a credit score. Um, but if there is perhaps a credit score that isn't uh, where ideally you'd like it to be, there are some challenges there. Uh, specialist lenders will be willing, more willing and flexible to listen to the story, have an understanding uh, of why that might be. It's the difference, again, you may be looking slightly more costly for an alternative lender, not necessarily, it depends who it is uh, and what your circumstances are. Um, and quite often it's not necessarily the cost difference that you would expect. Um, however, those are sort of the key differentiating factors when it comes to, to speaking with an alternative or specialist lender, uh, the speed at which decisions are made, cost uh, and service factors as well.
Brilliant. No, that's really useful. Okay, so to summarise, whether you go through um, this research yourself or whether you seek the support of um, a broker, then it's a question of looking at what you're eligible for to begin with, what options are open to you, what fees each of them might incur, what kind of decision time um, and the um, amounts that may be available to you through the different different processes. Okay. And, and now one that we don't encounter quite so much at Right at Home here um, is the uh, startup grants, but we do get asked about them quite a bit uh, because obviously, you know, there are there are um, pots of, of finance that are available for people with startup ideas. Um, what's the, uh, there's some general principles on this. I know they don't, um, it doesn't suit our model particularly because there tends to be a, a limit on the amount that you can access and it doesn't tend to be sufficient to fully cover the, um, the, the, the total investment that's needed for a franchise like ours. Uh, we work with one uh, particular lender in this space very closely uh, under the startup loan scheme um, and it is very attractive for some applicants uh, within a, a certain space of franchising. Uh, as you rightly say Kate, it's not necessarily uh, the right option in terms of giving you the funding uh, and the, the, the foot on the ladder that you would need necessarily for, for your brand. However, there could be ways that it, it would be utilised uh, further down the line. Uh, there's quite flexible around amounts, starting right down at £500 through to sort of the £25,000 uh, mark. Uh, really, really important consideration, as I said, is it, it can be sought right at the outset of your, of your journey. Um, but through until sort of the, the 24 month uh, period, you can still apply on this scheme for a, what's called a government startup loan scheme. Um, but again, bear in mind this has limited use, I'd suggest, sort of for the, the, the startup costs of this franchise, uh, purely and simply because of the level of investment required. Um, this obviously is it's considered by a, uh, by a lender as borrowed funds. You wouldn't be able to use it as your sort of personal skin in the game, your personal investment. You would still need to have the minimum sort of circa 30% investment into the franchise from your own, your own means, your own funds. Uh, and this could form part of the borrowed element right from the outset through, as I say, to the 24 24 month period. Okay, so let's go on to, to talk a bit now about the actual process for securing finance. Um, I know there's certainly, you know, there's there's a lot of support that a good franchise will offer, but there's also some elements of this that we have to stay very arm's length from because, of course, it is not our application, um, it's not our business plan, it's the applicants. Um, so that's where people such as you, yourselves can be uh, so so useful in giving that, that expertise. Um, so we always have a very early conversation to make sure that the model is financially viable and we first of all have that um, conversation directly between us and the, the person who's looking at the franchise but then we'll put them in touch with one of your brokers as well uh, so that they can run through an, an early assessment to see that they uh, they tick all the right boxes and our model ticks the right boxes financially for them um, and then you've got to, uh, you know, as, as you go through the process, we've talked a couple of times about, about putting together a business plan. Um, this is an area where the franchisor can't get too involved, isn't it, in actually putting a business plan together? Yeah, we, we always um, advocate it, it, it is a good move to, to even let the franchisee 
uh, the, the plan to give themselves should they have the right skill set. However, um, we work very, very closely with franchise or businesses to put together template business plans uh, based on sort of averages from, from the network. But we'll work alongside the franchisee to, to hit home of key messages, make sure they've got real ownership of the business plan. And we put that together with them, slotting in their specifics. So what, what is your sort of personal circumstances? Um, tailor that business plan to for your area, to your needs, to your requirements, and make sure you've got a really robust uh, business plan that's been, that's been compiled by, by an independent third party, separate to, to the franchisor. Um, so you've already got ownership of that business plan. You understand the, the ins and outs, the nuts and bolts, uh, and really that is a, is a message that we we stand behind. Yeah. Okay. So um, that's where. So to clarify, at right at home, we provide a business planning service. Now, not all franchisors do this by any means, but we want to make sure that each of our new franchisees has got a very robust um, business plan. Um, Hitachi Capital Franchise Finance provides that service for us, uses our template, which is where we do work with you uh, with, on the business plan, but then the particulars of the franchisee's business plan are, are finalised uh, between themselves, as you say, and the, uh, and, and the, uh, the third party broker. Um, so once they've got a business plan that they're happy with, and that you're happy with, um, and that is realistic to the information that's been um, given by the franchisor and hopefully validated by franchisees as well. Then they've got a couple of routes, haven't they, to go down in terms of they can either secure finance themselves or they can use brokers such as Touch Capital Franchise Finance to do that for them. Yeah, absolutely. That is, that is the point that the franchisee will, will have a decision to make. Um, they can, if, if they feel comfortable, if you feel comfortable, uh, approaching a lender that sits within your sort of skill set, then absolutely you can you can approach lenders uh, with your with your business plan, with your knowledge, and uh, hopefully your sort of sound understanding of uh, how the arranging finance process works. Uh, if that fits into your skill set, then absolutely that's that's a viable option for you. Um, however, as you rightly say, Kate, we we worked very closely over a number of years, and there are some benefits to working with uh, brokerages such as such as Hitachi Capital Franchise Finance. You, you're working with, with subject experts. Um, you're working with people that do this on a day-to-day -day basis, uh, potentially filling a skills gap if business ownership is something that's new to you. Uh, you're working with a franchisor to support you in the operational side and the running of the, the business and much more than that, but also utilising the services of, of a, an expert team that put together business plans that put together finance applications on a, on a daily basis really can prove advantageous. Um, and additionally, a, a really important point to make is that when we're introduced to you and have the qualification sort of conversation right at the outset, uh, we'll ask you a number of <laughs> frankly rude questions, but they're important questions uh, mm -hmm. to build up a financial picture and, and background of your yourself. Find out what your characteristics are, what your key drivers are. Uh, and from the outset, we we use our sort of panel of lenders and have knowledge of our our panel of lenders, and are able to to narrow down that panel as we're having the conversation with you until the point that we've sort of got a, a sweet spot of perhaps one, two, maybe three lenders that we know will fit the brand, will fit your uh, requirements, be that 
needing a, a super, super speedy answer, or perhaps you're driven purely by, by the cost. And um, through having that conversation with you and narrowing down our panel of lenders, we're able to position that with the right lender uh, for your specific specific circumstances. And, and yeah. additionally, we will hold your hands. We'll hold your hand throughout that process. As I've mentioned, it might not necessarily be your your bag. Uh, we'll give you the coaching, mentoring, guidance uh, to answer any questions that perhaps will come your way throughout the process. Um, in an ideal world, there won't be too many of those. We've worked with you to put together the business plan, so we're confident that everything a lender needs will be contained within that, uh, within that business plan and that application. However, should any questions come our way, we'll be able to guide and coach you as regards to how to tackle those, how to answer those, uh, and go into bat on, on your behalf as well to, to make that process as, as streamlined as possible so you can focus on other business critical areas. So there are lots of advantages to working with brokers should that fall outside your sort of usual uh, comfort zone. But what, what kind of costs can you expect for, the, for that service, Rob? How does it work? Yeah, so different brokers will, will charge differently. Uh, there might be some out there that will charge a commission to, to the, the lender. So there would be no additional charge um, from the broker directly to the franchisee. The, the, the costs are recovered elsewhere. Uh, if they operate in a similar way to, to ourselves, uh, there may be a small success only fee um, where there would be a, a small percentage uh, of the total amount borrowed. Uh, that would be payable on the, the securing of a, an offer, an agreement in principle. Um, but those are all charges that a good brokerage will explain to you right at the outset, clearly uh, giving you the trans like a, a transparent, taking a transparent approach. Uh, so you're you're comfortable and you, there are no sort of hidden surprises further down the line. Uh, we're very upfront and, and make it very clear what the costs associated to any lending will be. Um, and that's going to vary depending on, on the lender, on the broker that you're utilising. Um, but typically you will see a, a small percentage of the amount that's borrowed as a, a success fee or as a commission fee paid to the, the broker, perhaps by the lender. Um, but it really does, it does vary and it's an important question to ask the broker when you're, when you're introduced to them. What are the, the costs associated to, to utilising your services? Yeah. Brilliant. Okay, right. I think, goodness, it feels like we've covered an awful lot in this <laughs> in this conversation here. Um, but it is, you know, such an important area for um, prospective franchisees to understand. You know, hopefully we've helped you to gain some insight, if uh, as a listener to this uh, podcast, on how to work out what your overall investment's going to be, to to make sure that it's going to be affordable for you, to understand the different options that may be open to you in how you go about raising finance and then finally the, the support that you can access um, to uh, to help you get to that point because ultimately at the end of the day what everybody wants is to get to the point where they can start trading as quickly as possible at minimum expense isn't it it's all moving towards that that golden breaking breaking even point where you're actually uh, um, starting to raise profits so it's 
balancing the uh, the startup costs and any potential additional fees from working with experts against the very considerable benefits um, in terms of time and understanding of the process and as you say actually pushing that process through to the point where funding is approved and actually eventually they're in the bank account um, so I, I, can I uh, um, assume, Rob, that uh, if people who are listening to the podcast have questions on this, that they'd be able to make contact with Hitachi Capital and uh, uh, get some additional information through yourselves and from your website and so on? Absolutely, yes. You can get us on our website. Simply, uh, the easiest way to do things nowadays is just Google, isn't it? So just Google Hitachi Capital Franchise Finance. There's a contact us uh, section within the website. Uh, fill in one of the forms if you've got any questions of course there's also a phone number on there pick up the phone uh, shoot us a question um, we, we work with hundreds hundreds of franchise brands and have helped thousands of franchisees secure funding so within the team there's a, a wealth of experience so should you have any questions please feel free to pick up the phone have a conversation with us shoot us an email and um, very approachable guys uh, and girls and um, please please do do make contact Brilliant, thank you. And so the real, the absolute takeaways from 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 this, I think that uh, um, apply to absolutely everybody. The golden rules are: make sure you borrow enough, make sure you can afford to pay the bills and feed your family, make sure you understand the process and the liability, uh, and use the support that's available to you. Yes, absolutely. Far far better to to make mistakes or on paper. Uh, before before taking sort of a running jump, a bit of a leap of faith sometimes and, and starting a, a venture. Uh, far better to do all of the due diligence in advance, do that business planning exercise and make sure you've got together your robust business plan uh, with financial projections. Make sure you've got the right amount of cash from the outset as best you possibly can. Uh, make use of the resources available to you. Your franchisor will be fantastic for a source of information. Franchisees within the network, hearing it from the horse's mouth is an exceptionally powerful uh, resource to lean on. And then consultants, suppliers, affiliates within the, the industry, British Franchise Association, uh, ask questions. It's, it's a really interesting industry to be involved in. Uh, people are very collaborative, very supportive. So ask lots of questions, um, but maintain that maintain that focus on on your business plan, uh, making sure your your plans and proposals are viable. Uh, use the help that's available to you, and you shouldn't go far wrong. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for your time um, and contribution to the uh, Focused on Franchising podcast. It's been a real pleasure talking to you, and uh, yeah, we'll uh, we'll we'll move on to. Uh, Probably coming back, I think there's a lot of potential to talk more here and, you know, maybe we can delve a bit deeper into uh, why you need a business plan, what it should contain, but we'll, we'll save that for another day, yeah? <laughs> okay, if you say so, absolutely, that's that's no problem. Uh, lots to cover, as you, as you rightly suggest, um, but a massive, massive topic as well. So let's save that for another day. Uh, thank you very much for having me on. It's been a, been a pleasure. That concludes the first part of our delve into the world of finance. Hopefully it's given you some good food for thought about planning finance for a new uh, franchise business. And if it was helpful, then the good news is that we have a second instalment on Focused on Franchising that we'll be looking at finance when I have the pleasure of talking to Kendall Braddock, who is one of the franchise directors at HSBC Bank. 
HSBC is one of the biggest lenders in the franchise sector and another long-standing and valued partner of our franchise network right at home. Ken has a wealth of experience to call upon and I'm really pleased that he's agreed to speak to me. We're going to be talking about why banks love to fund new franchise startups. We'll also look at two of the most popular lending routes, a flexible business loan and the enterprise finance guarantee, which is a popular option for people who don't own their own home or have sufficient security to offer the bank when taking out a loan. So if you're looking at starting a franchise or if you've started the process, you can download that episode now and hopefully it'll uh, be helpful to you and have lots of good advice in there. Thank you for listening today. My name is Kate Dilworth. You can get in touch with me by searching Right at Home Franchising online if you have any feedback or questions. Bye for now. That was Focused on Franchising. Thank you for listening. We hope this podcast has got you thinking about how you can achieve your business ambitions. If you would like more information about franchising or have a question about any of the podcast content, then please get in touch through our website, rightathomefranchising.co.uk, or you can give catering on 07825 047 344. And don't forget to subscribe to receive future episodes.